Welcome to the Counter Programmers, where we are diving into the TV series Raised by Wolves. Today we are talking episode 6, Lost Paradise, which is kind of like Paradise Lost if it was, no. you know, swapped. <laughs> um, I'm Paco. I'm Jason. And I guess uh, let's... Well, I mean, let's... speaking... Speaking of which, Paradise Lost. Did you ever read the the John Milton poem? No, I thought it was like a big old book, so I never got it around is a, to it. It's a humongous, uh, like, it's not free association poem, but it's like it's it's huge. I think there were ten books that were released Fuck like throughout that. his whatever. But do you know like the general kind of uh, synopsis of uh, of it's... the book or the? Is it about like the angels losing heaven or something? I okay. It's it's literally like a venom like song. Like it's a fuck yeah. It's I I feel like it. it I kind of uh, dipped my toes into it a long time ago, but I remembered it kind of contextualizing a lot of things in the Bible. Like if you've ever read the Bible as like literature, it's kind of flat because it's not like you have any like Jesus is hungry for tuna sandwich there's like it's really none of the characters or none of the people are mm-hmm. necessarily like paul made a funny joke and i'm writing it down because it made my day and that was godly well i mean it, to be fair like between the old testament or like if you count the old testament that shit started like as soon as we discovered writing pretty much like it goes back thousands of years pre-jesus and then like, even by Jesus's time, like, we hadn't really figured out you could write shit for fun. And, hmm. like, think it was of, more like the silent movie thing where it was just like, I'm going to show someone trimming his beard. Well, you know, like, where it's just like, it's, there's nothing else going on except for this carpenter who hangs out. And I mean, like, you look at the literature of that time, it's all, like, spoken shit. Like, Homer and all those, like, Greek mm-hmm. people before. And, like, I guess the Romans had fairly good literacy for the elites, but, like, most people couldn't fucking read. And, like... Well, it's like, ding, ding, ding. It's the King James version of the Bible is, like, why, how how uh, fruitful is it for a bunch of rich assholes to be able to dictate the language of god apparently to a bunch of people who will follow them and be able to do what they want to do well that's basically the vatican's whole grift and it has been for you know two millennia Uh, now hold on i thought this pope was really you know progressive he's really you know he thinks that you know same sucks same sucks same sex couples you know should get married like he's super progressive i think I think he really likes Tone Loke. Yeah. I'm almost positive I read that somewhere. I, I really do. Uh, he um, uh, he said, like, yesterday that uh, the church can't do same-sex marriages because he still kind of sucks. And, like, yeah, as an institution, it all kind of sucks. I think it's honestly kind of funny because Jesus is, like, legitimately... And here I'm going into, like, youth pastor mode of, like, you know who was a cool guy who, like, you know, st- <laughs> stood up to the man? Uh, I no. feel like you just, you just put, like, uh, you just uh, wrapped a uh, a chair, you, like, put a chair backward, or you, yeah. oh my god, you sat in <laughs> I turned the chair backwards. around and sat yeah. in it, yeah. Jesus, I think I just had a stroke. <laughs> yeah. uh, fucking, but, like, no, one of the most astonishing things to me is you get someone who, as Reagan, you said, like, Jesus was a, like, anarcho-communist. Um, yeah. His whole thing was, like, fuck rich people. They can't get into heaven. Like, like a camel will get in there before them. And, like, fucking feed your fellow man. Like, be kind to the, like, least among you. And, like, all this shit that fucking rules. And then, yeah. like, every religion was, like, Oh, yeah, but, like, fuck all that stuff. And, like, give us all your money. Like, the Vatican needs gold everywhere. Like, we can't be looking like those fucking, like... I don't even know who they'd be worried about. The Lutherans, I guess, eventually? Pagans? Yeah, I mean, 
it is interesting just because it's like marriage is so tied to God in I mean, even when you go back so long, but at this point it's it's such a secular takeover. Well, know? it like was it's really it was partly tied to God, but it was more like a financial property. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's why it's, it's always like, funny if that you had like, a daughter, you'd know in like fifteen years you were getting three goats. And that was a good ass deal. Yeah, or that you could have all these celibate priests or priests priests who uh, <laughs> wouldn't marry off, and you'd lose your investment in them, even though you know, even if there's there's bad bad stuff going on. But um, the uh, the interesting why, why I bring up Paradise Lost is that this episode is called Lost Paradise. Um, but I, I'm, I am being a little facetious, but the 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 John Milton poem. Um, from the 17th century was basically about um, the fall of man where you see in like the book of revelations, it's about the dragon and like Lucifer being expelled from heaven. And this basically uh, you go to, to hell with uh, Lucifer the, and his fallen angels as he's looking for volunteers oh, to yeah. like uh, to go to the newly created earth uh, in mankind and try and corrupt them and so the like first part of the the poem is basically as he's leading like a third of angels to revolt against god uh you know and and that's kind of badass but then the second part is um the adam and eve story where it's literally it it not only makes their relationship more palpable I fucking hate more, all these remakes man it's oh tell me about it but it, it was more like romantic and sexual i mean adam's rib for a reason yeah but um he gave her a bone it's yeah but i mean it, it does go into the fact that they were expelled from e uh, from eden and it, all about temptation and how that guilt and how really the what the first sin was such a monumental event that ultimately affected like lucifer and granted i'm i'm talking about this not in a historical context i'm talking about it as poetry because mm-hmm. it is i remembered it being very difficult but i also remember it being really pretty and I, I never finished it but um i think that's such an interesting i mean i kind of roll my eyes every time i see an episode or something about paradise lost just because it's such a part of our like mm-hmm. uh not nomenclature but like we all and part of our vocabulary that maybe we don't necessarily fully understand the context of. It's not quite up there with like 1984, but it's one of those that's <laughs> used the shorthand a lot. God. And these lids yeah. are doing, they've never even read 1984. I fucking, um, again, like George Orwell went and like literally shot fascists and like yeah. was he wrote a fucking manifesto about being a socialist. Anyways, uh, but fucking Ted Cruz loves people who would hate him. Uh, yeah. So this episode, but, but, but where, where, where I'm going is that like this episode I feel is the, it, like it's literally the definition of you have this paradise in the second chance in this beginning of a new civilization and ultimately, all of these characters are falling into all of these sins, whereas Mother is lusting after this memory or quasi-fantasy or whatever she's experiencing. You have, like, mm-hmm. anger with Campion. You have, like, lies with Mother lying to Father about where she's been and ultimately uh, disregarding her her soul role which was to raise those children safely and even when campion and paul or uh you know campion attacked paul and father's like hey like this is what's going on and mother was like one of your children hurt another child Mm -hmm. but and you're supposed to protect all of them and you're not thinking this is as important as oh someone watched me bone in this Mm -hmm. honey pot you know (laughs) this whatever I'm, i'm plugged into kind of an interesting context however it also has lost in the title and this episode kind of stinks of that lost type of energy from the show where it was like making a bunch of new questions happen without going after the meat of the ones that we've been watching and and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out like that puzzle that's one of the things that kind of i don't think i liked this episode as much as you um i 
I that's our first t-shirt dude yeah <laughs> I think you say that in every every episode you're like I don't think I like this as much as you but I appreciate your enthusiasm well it's it's one of those things where there's so much to like about it but yeah this show is sort of slowly drifted away from hard sci-fi into like like all the weird supernatural stuff and like isn't working for me at this point but i'm curious to see where it's going and all the non-supernatural stuff i thought was pretty cool like i think the interpersonal relationships and the sort of dynamics between all the groups is really fascinating and i especially at the end of this episode i'm so excited to see where it goes next but at the same time it's like how many episodes are you going to drag along like whether tally is a ghost or something and like what's going on with fucking caleb's head like is he actually getting messages from god and will tempest you know not kill her baby i feel like that's all her and mother have talked about the last like three episodes or whatever is like yeah they're really hammering that nail home and you're just like, why? Like, you're not pushing this forward. It's just kind of similar dialogue over and over again and not really interesting. I mean, um, I think it made sense this episode because she tried to kill her. We disagreed on this, if you remember. You thought she was trying to kill herself or her baby. Hmm. And I thought she was trying to kill herself. You thought she was trying to do an abortion. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, but I think it was based on the conversation, a suicide attempt, because she says, I won't try to kill myself or the baby. Cardinal uh, sin, baby. Yeah. The thing about the uh, the cardinal sins is they're the most fun, except for killing yourself. That one just seems like a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, Evan, cut that out. Um I, I kind of liked a lot of, like, the subtext of what was going on. Like, this goes more into, like, the dominionism of what's happening, where, like, there's a great conversation early in the episode between Campion and Paul, where um, they're, like, talking about God and, like, uh, Paul, or not God, but, like, Paul is giving Campion shit for burying, like, creature bones and mm-hmm. stuff, and Campion's are talking about, like, you know, how he believes that creatures have souls and even, like, the big trees have souls. And, like, Paul is just... I know he's a kid, but he's a stinking dick in this episode. Like, um, but, you know, Campion's asking these interesting questions, which, granted, they're both not old enough, I don't think, to understand the full, mm-hmm. like, nature of it. But it's just, like, Campion's asking him, like, I why do you believe that? that same and, conversation with kids, but I was, like eight or however old so about the same age and like See, i was just going like the rollerbladers are the good guys the skateboarders are the bad guys yeah. uh, hackers is oh, the man. best i mean come on the, da, 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 <laughs> of course you were doing da, 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 that at eight but like because you know both my parents were atheists but my best friend at that age uh went yeah. to church and so it was like one of those things where we'd ask each other questions because you know, you're trying to figure out the world. And so I'd be like, well, how does God know where you are all the time? And shit like that. And so I really liked that part of the episode. And like, again, at a certain point, my friend would be like, I don't know. It's what my parents told me. And that's that's the hard part about kid arguments of being in a dramatic form because they don't have the same depth to them. And eventually yeah. they just turn into screaming. As someone who worked in an elementary school, there's a lot of screaming and a lot of tears, not a lot of depth. On a Frozen soundtrack. Dude, I worked in a school the year that came out and for like three years after. I have never seen Frozen. I have heard Let It Go probably 5,000 times. I, I honestly thought you were going to say, like, never seen the movie, but I can recite every goddamn line from that picture. <laughs> no, I could fucking, you know, let it go, let it go. I yeah, fucking like I, hate that song. 
I, I worked at a school in or like a daycare and the teachers were so funny because they would get burned out on that. And like, you'd be like walking past like the window to their classroom and you just lock eyes with this teacher, mm-hmm. <laughs> like with any teacher and the look of like, I love these children so much, but I'm losing it over here. Yeah. Like there's something funny and, and sad about it. But really, I was also uh, the uh, gym he, teacher, which is uh, the best way to get back at children who annoy you. Uh, <laughs> dodgeball again, kids. <laughs> yeah. What's that? You said you don't want to play dodgeball? Sorry. We're playing dodgeball this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you interrupt him with just a ball to the face. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, I really, I, I dug the idea that Paul is now being shaped into this different character we're uh, balanced against Marcus. It's like they're creating this weird new hierarchy where I, what I believe is right, what you believe is wrong. Mm-hmm. And Campion is in the unique position where he's really, um, he's been against mother and father for a couple of episodes now where he's almost rejecting the idea that these androids, you don't understand me. You're not my real parents you know with the oh paul is another boy like me and we were friends Mm -hmm. and i don't believe what he says or i i think that he's wrong and that the like dynamic of the like stick uh puzzle and the idea that like maybe paul i mean paul probably didn't cheat but he was also in this privileged area where who knows what other puzzles and other things that he did other toys that he had that Campion didn't. Or he's uh, just like it, it's been a kind cheating of cheating sack of shit. Well, no, it's been kind of discredited, but the grade school I went to was all around multiple intelligences where like different kids are stronger in different areas and weaker in others. And like Campion seems like a really intellectual kid and like a really soulful kid who cares about others. And Paul clearly has kind of like a visual thing. Like some Mm -hmm. people are visual people who can just work out puzzles or other things like that. And those kind of things are innate to a person. And like, it's all just different strengths and Campion being so emotional, uh, can't really take being owned so hard because Man, imagine taking 25 minutes to do something and bragging about how fast you were, and then the next guy does it yeah. in, like, a minute. That is serious ownage. That kid yeah, got like fucking destroyed. And your android mom is, like, super impressed, but has <laughs> yeah. to hide it. Honestly, Amanda Collin kicks so much fucking ass. Like, this episode, I know, like, you're, you're giving the sex scene a hard time, which we can totally get into, but... Like, there are several moments in this episode, and that one specifically, the stick puzzle, where she has this look of, like, the this Jetsons character, mm-hmm. like, on, that's malfunctioning, that's on this permanent smile, who's trying to act like everything's okay when it's not. And, like, her, she's, I feel like she's off, like, this going forward. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, her... Her emotion in, like, the uh, conversation with with father in the beginning, in fact, her whole relationship, like, the mother and father dynamics of this episode are pretty outstanding. And and I would say that father, uh, Abu Bakar Salim, still, I mean, he not only stole the show anyway, in my opinion, but, like, this is his episode. He he kicks so much fucking ass in it. It's... I love... He fucking... He's Dustin Hoffman in Straw Dogs in this episode. Like, Mm -hmm. every step of the way. And it's such a weird... Like, that's already kind of a deep cut for a fucking sci-fi show to be making. Um, But he's, you know, this soulful kind of artist for an android who has to, like, express that despite limited range and has to, like, show... like. He's probably the first android in sci-fi to be cut, right? Yeah, yeah I like, would assume. I don't know. Other than, like, I mean, 
I guess Blade Runner is like sex robots and stuff, but um, they're any, not any robots can be sex robots. You know what I mean? I mean, but that goes back <laughs> to my general question: If you're building a fucking weapon of war, why would you put a vagina in it? Like you'd have to figure out the lubrication and shit. I was gonna say, why how would else you, do you give lubricate? Orgasm. That, that sounds like a perfect. That sounds like a perfect mechanism to put the oil can in your Tin Man. I'm just saying, you teach fucking a missile system how to come, and that missile system is more likely to be corrupted and, you know, decide instead of shooting their missiles at fucking Somalia or Afghanistan, uh, the dude that's making it come right now is in fucking Germany and bye-bye Angela Merkel, you know? Well, I think that... It's uh, a fucking (laughs) profound, profound failure of engineering. I... I think that uh, you're reading into it a little bit too much because I feel like the way that I took that was we don't really see that she has a vagina. We see that she's having sex and experiencing an orgasm. Uh, I mean, presumably. It's not like, hey, if your roof crashes down full of milk and fucking stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you're not orgasming, right? But but I um, guess my well, other maybe, question anyway, is but, if she doesn't have a vagina, why would she have a butt? Like well, like mean, a butthole because she's not. That's that's where she anything. recharges batteries. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> okay, it's totally no, like, totally unrelated. Look. But the day we're recording this episode, I'm not sure if you saw this, but now this, uh, like that social media fucking video shit. Uh, they did one of those like news explainers about uh, a lot of dudes are scared about like or don't feel comfortable jacking off when they're donating sperm so Hmm. i think it was somewhere in asia but there's this wall of fucking like pulsating machines that you can stick your dick into uh and i just seen this on yeah it's like a milking device for your dick uh but the one they showed is like five in a row set up like urinals with no divider and i was like that would be so fucking awkward if I was just yeah. there with like four other dudes getting milked. Uh, but yeah. anyways, <laughs> I saw that like 30 minutes That's before wild. I started the episode and I was like, I don't know. Maybe there is like a, uh, like we're putting fucking jizz on the moon right now. Like maybe yeah. there's a need for like semen storage in robots just in case. I see. I I feel like because she was plugged in, and in the beginning of the episode, she almost like takes like she goes into her uh, what's yeah, it called? I mean, hologram to get kissed and stuff. It's but I not feel like, real. It's like in that world, but I feel like the functionality issue is still there. But um, there's a line where she plugs into the device and. she's having a conversation with the creator and they're talking about how he's a virus and I feel myself malfunctioning. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're also dealing with the fact that like, there's a close up, like extreme close up of her face is how it it shifts into that, that sex scene. Mm -hmm. And she's expressive in a way that's different than like an Android. Like it's really a close in on like every experience of her being like, I mean, humped for lack of a better term, but like her kind of getting gyrated, like it's her face shifting in and out of like subtly in and out of frame. But Um, I don't, I feel like the point of the story is androids aren't androids. Like that is kind of the thesis of this episode. Father is hurt. She's feeling these, like this lust. Um, Oh yeah. Like, but I don't think she has a vagina. I think she's interpreting like, this is what it would be like almost in this weird way. Like kind of when, you know, when you're a kid and you take like mm-hmm. your Barbie dolls and your Ken dolls, or you make like GI Joe, like suck off Barney or so, you know, I think I'm just All kidding. Right, but, um, but I'm just saying, where's Campion sticking his dick then? Uh, like adult Campion, the creator, because he's in that. <laughs> and like yeah. that virus is going somewhere. Well, because it's not a memory anymore. It's not like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Now- no, I'm not disputing that, but I'm saying, like, in my dreams, I don't now have, like, vestiges I didn't have before. Like, maybe she does because she's feeling more human, but 
I didn't interpret it that way. I interpreted it as like, holy like shit, someone, penetration, someone like... gave this fucking war machine a fuck, uh, like not real penetration because he's on Earth, but like, I feel like there's something there. It just, it raised a lot of questions is what I'm saying. See, that's and so then, interesting. Like... I totally took that a totally different way because it, it was very similar to what Marcus and, uh, and Sue uh, experienced in the last episode where Yeah, but they she's have a penis same... and a vagina. And okay, then... <laughs> now you're sounding Sue. <laughs> you know who else says shit like that? I'll just leave it there, okay? <laughs> Adam I mean... and Steve. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, I mean... We're, I'm assuming because one's male presenting and one's female presenting, they could, they have sexual reproductive organs, right? Because they're humans and not robots. They're not weapons of war. I'm just saying, like, why would you put a fuck slot onto, like, a fucking tomahawk missile or a tank? But I, I still don't think that she has one. I think that it's all in her head and that she's degrading, like like degrading like um like that her now like she's off like yeah that was i i don't disagree with you and i think that's probably more accurate but i'm just saying making a like barbie doll have a sex scene raises more questions than it answers to me yeah and then like you didn't you didn't say that back when, when team police came out or whatever uh, Team America. <laughs> I, that one is pretty explicit about what they're doing, so I don't have the same questions there. Uh, also, like, uh, the milky blood might have been a bad choice at the end, right? oh, at the end of that scene, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking of the editor who just started to watch hours of that, just going like, I'm just... I, I thought that was interesting, though, because it's like, it, I love... I'm always fascinated by shit that you don't see in things often. And I was like, I don't remember the last time I saw this robot Android plug, plug, plugged into a machine <laughs> yeah. that has a virus that's fucking her father, AKA the creator that she's lusting after who's coming her own blood all over and the ceilings coming down. And <laughs> like, and also I just there's sitting a there bunch going, of like, like weird religious people trying to kill her at the same time. Yeah, it, it just like, I kind of love that. Like, and I mean, and I think that it's also, it's, it is just creepy. There's something really unsettling in it. And it, again, there's a lot of interesting questions that are raised from it. And um, like, for the mother and father relationship, there's now these like strange gender dynamic things that are happening, like where he's like, you know, you need, you're not spending enough time with the kids to, you know, make an impression. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're going out for hours on end, and she says something like, "Was there a well, need for me? Creatures come out at night. Why would I be here in the day to protect you?" And, and that would—that's what made the last scene, the peck and paw shit, so cool too. Was it was kind of his arc, different than like creating a great joke. Not that the jar door joke was good though. I mean, fucking uh, one of our friends who I won't name while we record thought that he made that joke up like 15 years ago um <laughs> and thought it was the funniest shit uh so that just made me think fathers from bolivia i'll put it that yeah. way uh, okay. <laughs> but, I, I hear you. but uh yeah i mean it's also weird because i mean we're assuming they're both dead who knows uh with them at least i'm sort of assuming that uh given where the episode ends but if they aren't there's this weird thing where like she cheated on him and like it's never been clear exactly what their relationship is it hasn't been romantic in like a human well, sense he even but said, like, he this cares episode, he was like i want to spend time with you yeah he clearly cares about her in a way that it feels like she's not invested in in the same way and so i think that would almost be a more interesting dynamic going forward. Obviously they've shown that father can come back to life. Maybe she can too. Maybe like Campion will fix them next episode or something. Well, I was going to say, you know who may be able to fix them is Marcus or the rapist, because there's a big throwaway line where the rapist is like, 
hey, if I do this thing, you know, can I earn my freedom or whatever? Mm -hmm. And Marcus just dismissively is just like, yeah, whatever, you know, not listening. I feel like the next episode we're going to see that he did survive. He is going to, like, now become the... uh, Yeah, because they show him getting knocked back, but not dying. Uh, Yeah, like, I I feel like he's going to be, like, the number two guy. The worm tongue? Yes, fuck yes, thank you. Um, yeah, from Lord of the Rings. Like, I feel like his shift into antagonist, because I was kind of thinking, like, Marcus, I'm still, like, rooting for in a different way. But this episode shifted all of that because of the way that he also treats Sue mm-hmm. in this way that he's just like, your mother's lying to you. And, like, there's all, like, these weird dynamics at play. I mean, that- I think that's a very unnatural situation where you have to make extreme choices because there's a fucking giant death flying machine who you just saw lift boulders and vaporize people who is going to hunt you down unless you talk your kid into going back but he's like, also he was and the, she's or he she's was, willing to get them both killed like but he was also he, he was he a was soldier, a dick like in, he was a he dick was an eighth, like, we were talking a couple episodes ago about how we, like, felt for him because he was a child that had to endure mm-hmm. this war scenario. And then he's going to have the child cut the, like, pouch from this big monster machine's neck so that he is now going to be chased. I, I don't know. It just... It, it was really strange to me. I'm I'm kind of thinking... I wonder if Marcus will fix them and then what's going to happen. He's got that, like, because the voice he hears prevented him from, like, out and out killing her. So I think that could potentially be it. Uh, Do you you think that the voice is related to, like, that black mist that's happening in the igloo? Dude, that that felt like ghost shit. And I, I was not super thrilled with it. Like... Because he's heard the voice in other places, too. Um, I feel like it's something where maybe... Because Tally is the one that fell in the hole, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe she is the metaphorical child raised by wolves where these monsters didn't kill her. Like, they saved her. And uh, oh, now... Like a Tarzan she- situation? Yeah, or even... Fuck, uh... I can't think of the, there's like a literal, I, I think it was like from the 1800s, but uh, there was a character in some piece of fiction who was abandoned and raised by wolves and became, yeah, like a Tarzan, but for mm-hmm. uh, wolves instead of apes. And I mean, I feel like that would be really on the nose with the name of the show but um it would like campion's reluctance to kill those things and uh tempest like guilt at killing them like sort of sets it up like we're supposed to have some empathy for these things where we've seen them like scream and run but we haven't seen them really attack anyone have we I don't think so. Like, I feel like like them they chase after someone, a kid. Yeah, yeah. Like, but you don't see. Which, granted, that's kind of a weird thing too, where it's just like, okay, they're chasing them, but we don't know if they're, you know, uh, gonna hurt them. We gotta. We we haven't waited to see. <laughs> yeah, uh, it could be like a cultural thing. Like, what if this shit turns out? It's like, uh, basically, they're a sentient like race and it's kind of like Europeans and native Americans all over again. Totally. That's like, what I was thinking. I kind of feel like that's where it's heading and maybe Marcus and Sue and the kids end up siding with like, they go full fucking Jake Soli and uh, the, cause the soul people are the really religious fanatic ones, but Everyone else could make it, like, do an avatar and go native, you know? Well, that was what was interesting to me is, like, there were some, like, when... So a big thing that happens in this episode is Marcus and Sue, like, Marcus comes up with the idea to follow where Mother goes every day, Mm -hmm. follow, like, her route, 
to see what's going on and then they find the machine that she's been hooking up with hey hooking up yeah Here, let, let's pause for for a sec raising raising that's what we're talking about today sorry my bladder was about to explode no it's all it's all good i mean that was a a hefty couple of hours of like hardcore tv of milking machines and coming robots yeah <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> I think this is our best kind of programmers yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> we haven't even um, really talked about like the big shootout stuff. Well, I mean, there, there's so much like it was so interesting that um, there's so much interesting shit that comes on or that comes on that hap- come is just on my brain. After. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, like, what did you think of the interaction between that one soldier guy and Marcus where he's just like my I I try to dispel all of my father's weakness mm-hmm. and Marcus as Caleb was like your father was not weak. Like yeah. that was a really interesting dynamic cuz I was also thinking okay this guy maybe there's going to be some plot where he's going to want to ultimately kill him for killing his father. But you see the fervor of like belief in his eyes that genuinely marcus is a prophet or you know also like the mithraic people have such huge sticks up their asses that i think someone being like you know like showing mercy is not a bad thing Mm -hmm. would be good (laughs) for their society and i mean we'll see how far into the like drama these things go but i kind of viewed it as like now that Marcus is the leader, maybe the society will become less antagonistic and less, well, it's probably, it's a theocracy, so it's never not going to be really sure of itself and think it knows better than everyone. But having someone willing to, you know, show mercy, I think will be good. And I think part of the reason it's included in the episode is because of the ending. Um, mm-hmm. because he spares mother despite knowing it's a horrible idea and it may just end up blowing up on him much like it did on that guy's dad or like a, all over mother's face, neck and chest. Yeah, dude. Um, you might need like five other dudes to get it to <laughs> <laughs> what it was in that vision. But I, I like, I felt like, uh, the the risk of trying to kill mother as she's hooked up in the machine like there's a part where and maybe maybe i'm totally incorrect but like i'm pretty sure one of the big takeaways from a couple of episodes ago was that androids aren't supposed to plug into those because their mm-hmm. interfaces just aren't it's it's not like they're not supposed to do that but it's it shouldn't work or it it we don't know or whatever mm-hmm. and so he's just like oh, this will be perfect. She won't sense anything. She won't hear anything. And I was kind of low-key hoping that she was making, like, cum faces where she was just like, Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, they were, like, sneaking up on her to put C4, and she was just like, <laughs> <laughs> She just squirts on all of them. Yeah, but uh, um, I mean that was disappointing. But um, it's I was I was also thinking like okay, they're making you know Marcus knows that apparently, but like she could because she's not supposed to interface, couldn't she? And she's this Lamia Lamia big figure like godlish godlish mm-hmm. go- godish figure. What if that just doesn't like she can do two things at once because God is omnipresent or or not. Using God. God is in my... I have God and cum all over my brain right now. <laughs> Dude, and you don't want to come on your brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I feel like that's not good for your intellectual stuff. That cum's oh, getting in there. I'm sensitive, dude. Um, but Is it like through an ear? Through your eye? How'd it get in there? I'm still trying to feel feel around. Uh, yeah. Trying, yeah. I feel but, it. Uh, <laughs> 
but uh, I, I was thinking the risk of, so we know that this mother, this, this war machine, this Terminator mm-hmm. can kill everyone just breathing hot air or yelling at them, this shriek, this banshee shriek or whatever, know how much of a threat it is. The idea that you'd hook that thing into a machine with this virus that you create and then hope that this technique will kill it when you don't and you could also rewire and fuck up everything where she actually won't have that nice filter that Campion did. Like, that's where I thought it was going to go, where it was well, like she was deprogrammed. So I when thought, she was flying back to the house. I think that's part of it is because we've never seen one of those fucking things like with telekinesis before, right? Like yeah. she's lifting boulders and exploding boulders, uh, which is like super inefficient. She's not doing a great job that being a death machine. <laughs> yeah, but um, it was adorable though. Yeah, and it blowing up rocks and you're made for some cool shots where people are like being blown away in slow motion. But it it definitely felt like okay, maybe this unlocked some new powers in her unintentionally. And like, or made made her straight up a weapon. Where now she's going to go against father. Like where now she literally is like the mm-hmm. big weapon who's like let out of the cage and was deprogrammed. Like I just feel like the risk was way like I don't know. Yeah, I feel like uh, Marcus slash Caleb is not making great decisions. I mean, he's having visions or whatever, which is why he didn't kill her. But you have a pissed off death machine that uh you might have her nuclear eyes but she can still do a lot of damage also the fucking bear trap situation i know we've touched on it a couple times it fucking yeah. rules god it kicked ass uh but also the idea that like a fucking 8 year old can design a bear trap oh, like me. If this, it was this huge that, contraption that I built from fresh wood that all by myself with older kid Hunter was just sitting around not doing shit. Like I could buy Hunter knowing how to do it. He was too like, busy fucking scheming about how to kill father. This dude, dude, this fucking dude, man. I know they're kids, but Hunter is like knows better and is probably twenty. I don't know. Like yeah, he's I'm, like, and he's just a whiny bitch. Like. I think it's interesting that it feels like the female characters are far more okay with not being in the Mithraic society than he is. Like, um, he's really the only male who was from the big ship other than Paul that we spend any time with. And the fact that he's so intent on it seems to indicate, like, it's less egalitarian and more, um, what's the word? Patriarchal. Yeah. Than we've really seen to this point because there's like clerics and shit of both genders, but it well, definitely been talking, feels like they've like, been talking about the the hierarchy of it. There's even mm-hmm. like a uh, uh, hunter is talking with with like Holly, I think, and Holly says something like, "I can talk to you. We're not on the arc anymore. You're like you don't have power over me." And it's literally the clutches of the fact that, as with patriarchy, uh, they're clutching to their lasp, lasp, mm-hmm. their their last grasp of power. And ultimately, that's what Hunter is afraid of, is I don't want to be on the losing side if there's an army of whatever. But I also think that he's going to defect and go back, you know, to Marcus and stuff. Like, he never really felt like he was one of the kids. Like there wasn't like a heartwarming yeah. moment where they like bonded, you know, he always was kind of like this episode. He introduces something weird too, where like he, he, he drops eaves like crazy, which he's done in the past. But this time he was like, I could give you a tune up. Like he tells father, like, you know, if you want, you know, you could be powerful or whatever. And he's talking about like tuning him up. And I'm like, this is so fucking weird. Like father is just like disregarding it, but it's like, he mm-hmm. has, this other motive that is kind of crass heinous it's there's something heinous going on with hunter which heinous hunter was my um youtube uh channel yeah <laughs> i've got deplatformed when they took all the q channels down yeah i cut my mullet it just was a 
Yeah. Um, I did kind of get, um, you know, emotional when father was be like, ultimately it was badass as he's like rushing back to rescue the kids and take them to the lander. And like, he does the mm -hmm. bear trap over this guy and he's like, you know, he, him running with a gun was kind of badass. I have to say, but it's the idea that like he was uh, betrayed by a child that he was trying to protect or that mm -hmm. he swore to, not even that he swore to protect. That's part of his programming. And the last words that he said, like, so mother comes back from her orgy thing or her, her like, you know, man mayonnaise party and, uh, Bukaki, yeah. Yeah. And finds like father, like, full of bullet holes and rescues uh him and he's like kind of dying well it's not really a rescue he basically dies in front of her well his words are like your well-being is a priority to me and it's like she's believing that he didn't you know there's a big scene where he she accuses him of writing uh mm -hmm. using tally's handwriting from his memory banks to like draw these things in the igloo or the igloo and it just was a really poignant, sweet moment. And his character in the show just, it re he really does make it grounded. Like, literally, he's the android that can't fly. <laughs> so, like, he seems more real and tangible and is more emotionally available for these children and for, like, mother if she allowed him. And, he really, you know, this episode cemented he is the heart of the show. And having it look like he may have died is yeah such a bummer. I hope that's not the case because I've come to, he's come to be basically my favorite character between the dad jokes and just like the general good vibes he's always putting out there and being a badass. Like he fucking snatched a guy's ass in a bear trap. It makes me it makes me nervous for two things. So one is like he's already died once in the show that I feel like by killing him a second time and bringing him back, especially after the emotional climax of like mm -hmm. what happened and like how much he went out exact like Sam Peckinpah, like in this brave Wild Westy way. Uh, um, I feel like they wouldn't do that. But on the other side, I would be so bummed if they took the campion thing of like oh like all things have souls and then it switches to like his nightmare or his like life after death thing like i don't I hope they don't go in that way, i don't but, see it going that way I, but it's just I, like it, tally with that black thing it's like could that be i don't know i'm just i'm trying to think that hollywood is so stupid well, not like mm -hmm. i'm trying to think the stupidest thing that could possibly happen because I am going to lose trust. Uh, but He's I, I... either dead or either the kids or the Mithraic or the monsters are going to fix him. Like, I feel like mm. those are the only routes it can go. Like they throw him down a hole and then the, you know, well, not even that because perspective. Tali has been playing like in on the farm. So she's mm -hmm. around, and obviously she's, like, he's her dad. So she Good might... Tally marks. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> she's trying to kill him off. Yeah. So that she can do her little stick man. Dude, stick she's man. like Dr. Zaz. It's all I, just I, an <laughs> origin story for this <laughs> serial killer on another planet. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking, like... I think it was the last episode where there's the big flashback in, uh, or like mother, you see that her being reprogrammed to be mother and blah, blah, blah. And father was already in the spacecraft. Like, does it ever say where he came from? Like, we don't Not really yet. know his history that it's like, but they say knows he's if... just like a general support model or something. So but what if he's not? You know, like, what if he has I, an unlocked I was potential? thinking that he was very good with a gun for, like, a house robot. And again, mm -hmm. much like you don't want to give war robots vaginas, you don't want to teach house robots who are, I imagine, supporting you every day, the yeah. knowledge of how to kill humans easily. Because 
that oh. probably wouldn't work out well for you. Um, anyways, That's interesting, dude. That you you blew my mind, man. We've well, been. Um, I feel like this is a good point to uh, wrap it up. I'm very excited to see where it goes next week. Uh, do you have any thoughts or predictions? Not other than the fact that I think it's going to be like a netherworld thing and father is going to be in like a river sticks with Tally hanging out. I don't know. I, I think that Marcus is going to have lesser numbers. So because of the death associated with mother, that, that ambush and that mm-hmm. he's going to rely on the rapist to uh, his support. And so I'm, and I do think that his character is going in a really dark trajectory and the same with Paul, that Paul is influenced and is getting conditioned and also like positively reinforced that uh, there's just something kind of sour afoot. So I think that, um, I think life on that happy farm is over, but something new will grow from it. <laughs> what do yeah, you think? I think, uh, the kids are going to be interacting with the Mithraic for the first time. And I think Tempest is mm. going to kill the rapist. Um, Dude. Other Oops. than that, it's one of the things I enjoy about the show is how unpredictable it really is. So beyond that, I could see it going any number of ways. And I am excited to see where it goes next. Yeah, so same, I, I just I hope that they don't spin too many plates. And, you know, I, I'm nervous that it's going to kind of get out of control from here but i mm-hmm. i'm super stoked. like i almost i almost just burn through the next one after this one because it, it just there's a lot of like little things about this episode that that's shown through and so I, I i'm excited i'm on board and i hope uh i hope you dear listener are still on board with us as well as we continue woof woof woofing down these episodes <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, goddamn! Yeah, uh, join us next time, and as always, go give yourself some love. Toodles.